0: Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to the ACTUS podcast, Talking CDI, the nation's only program dedicated to the clinical documentation integrity profession. The ACTUS podcast is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and ACTUS. Today, Tuesday, June 22nd, marks our 182nd program, Yes, you are in the right place at the right time. We are, we are doing the podcast a day early this week, and that's because we're allotting time for our CDI summertime retreat, which starts tomorrow. Today's Actus Solution is the 2021 Actus National Conference. We're real excited about this. You know, after a year in which we had to cancel our 2020 event, we are stepping forward with a live event in October in Dallas, Texas. We hope you will join us. October 25th through the 28th in Dallas, Texas, for the return of our national conference. We do have a big change this year, so we're going to do the program live, but we're also supplementing with some additional virtual sessions that attendees of the live will be able to get for free, Um, and folks that perhaps can't attend live will be able to, to purchase this year. So really looking forward to this event, and we hope that you'll be joining us in Dallas, Texas in October. All right, so today's program is supported by GHR Revenue Cycle Workforce. GHR Rev Cycle Workforce provides qualified, experienced CDI coding and case management professionals with the proven skills and attention to detail that meet your staffing needs. Mastering CDI is a crucial component of running any healthcare system, but keeping up with caseloads can present a real stress on day-to-day operations, GHR RevCycle Workforce offers the solution, including CDI program management, staff augmentation, and training provided by an experienced partner, it focuses squarely on program creation, implementation, and optimization. I want to thank them for sponsoring our show today. All right, so I am joined today by my co-host at left, Laurie Prescott. Laurie is the CDI Education Director for us here at HC Pro. She's the Lead Developer and Instructor for our CDI Boot Camps, serves as a subject matter expert for Actus and a member of many of our boards and committees, as well as author of our Actus Pocket Guide. I want to welcome her to the show. Welcome, Laurie.
1: Thanks, Brian. Glad to be here.
0: All right. We're also joined today by two wonderful guests. Uh, we have with us today on the very first program, uh, Leanne Landon. So Leanne is the network manager of CDI for Honor Health in Scottsdale, Arizona. Leanne has over 14 years of experience in CDI. Previously, she worked in multiple roles and settings, including acute care, case management, UR, insurance companies. Her current CDI program includes all pay reviews. We're going to be hearing about that in a little bit um, She's an active member of her local actus chapter and was co-chair for two years. She's been a presenter at the conference, local chapter events, and we're thrilled to have her on the show. Welcome, Leanne.
2: Glad to be here, Brian.
0: All right. Uh, Also with us today is Leanne's colleague, uh, Mary Elizabeth, but we call her Emmy Van Gelder. Uh, Emmy is a CDI educator for Honor Health also in Phoenix, Arizona. She began her CDI career in 2014 at Mayo Clinic Hospital, and now in her current role, provides physician and staff education across all of Honor Health facilities. With 30 years of nursing experience, including five in case management, she's a, also a frequent active speaker and contributor, uh, previous founding co-chair of our Actus CDI educator networking group, and is here to share her expertise on uh, orienting CDI staff. So welcome, M.E.
3: Well, thank you. I'm very honored to be here.
0: Me as well. I think it's going to be a good one. We were just chatting before the show started. You guys are, uh, are certainly busy orienting new CDI staff as we speak. Maybe during the show, you're, you're, you're helping out a little bit there.
1: <laughs> Multitasking, these that's, ladies that's are. That's
0: right. But let's go ahead. Every and, day. Yeah. <laughs> let's go ahead and start with a poll question related to today's topic distributing this now. You should be seeing this come up on your screen. Today we're asking our listeners, how are you handling orienting new CDI staff? I say post COVID-19, maybe it's during COVID-19 for some of you still, uh, for all of us still, but how are you orienting new CDI staff in this new era of COVID? Are you doing it remotely? Um, Are you remote, but do you go into the hospital perhaps to orient new staff? Maybe you've moved back on site and you're doing the same process as before and keeping your new staff, your new uh, new hires on site and performing orientation there. Uh, not sure, maybe you're not in a supervisory role or not applicable to your situation or other. And as I always say, I'd love to hear your other responses. So you go ahead and drop those in the question pod, um, how you're orienting your staff, love to see that. So again, how are you orienting new staff post-COVID-19 remotely? You go back on site to orient them, but you are remote still. Back on site as before, and you're fully um, on site with them, not sure or other. All right, we've got uh, about 75% of our audience that has voted. So we're going to close this out, and we will come back to the results in just A few minutes all right well we've got two great guests today so let's jump right in with the uh, with the interview part of the podcast and maybe I'll sort of direct this your way Leanne we're hoping you could start by setting the stage for our audience here about the CDI program at honor health you know number of facilities how many staff you employ what type of record uh, reviews you perform etc I think that would help us get started
2: Sure, Brian. <clears throat> so, we are currently a six-hospital system. we got over 1,400 beds. Um, we added a new hospital this past um, September, and we are in the middle of an expansion. So, expansion, we had one um, network manager with myself, one educator, Emmy. We had an analytic lead, and we had 23 CDIs. With the expansion that we're currently undergoing, we're going to add a layer of five. CDI lead, one um, for each of our big facility and one sharing two of our smaller facilities. And then we have to increase our staff from 23 to 32, and we also had to replace some of those line staff that moved into the CDI uh, lead role. So since March, we've been in the process of hiring 13 new CDIs. So our, we do all-payer reviews, but we have an emphasis on Medicare and Medicare Advantage programs. So if that's our top priority, but we do all-payer reviews. Uh, we do most types of reviews, except for we don't currently do OB, NICU, or P, But the plan is, um, once we're fully staffed and um, accustomed to uh, some of our new processes, we will probably move out and start covering those areas also. The other areas, uh, we do elective surgeries that exceed, you know, some of our elective surgeries, such as joint, um, spinal surgeries and so forth, when they exceed their GLOS. Otherwise, we don't necessarily look at those. But we're also involved in looking at the charts from a quality perspective. We do validation because we are involved somewhat in the um, model management. We work with uh, quality. We do rec- a full reconciliation. Right now, we're doing, I, I should say, Um, a reconciliation on all our query charts and our Medicare charts. And that plan is also to move out and do a full um, CRG reconciliation with our coding staff. All right. That's who we are with.
0: (laughs) 13 CDI. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. I was
1: was counting on my fingers as you were talking, Leanne.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, on the positive note from that, um, you know, in the past, sometimes we've put out, Uh, uh, postings for our position, and I think just from the lack of knowledge, we didn't always get a lot of um, applicants, and this time around, we did get a lot of applicants, a lot of very good applicants. We got a combination of uh, people. We're hiring people, some with CDI experience, some with very extensive experience, some with um, some less, and still a lot of people from the floor, so we're doing an orientation of a mixed group of um, new CDI staff to honor health.
0: All right. that's
1: awesome. You know, we joked about you multitasking. Um, you certainly are doing that, my, my friend. Um, you know, we're all just coming out of COVID and that has kind of changed our world a little. Um, we were speaking to that before the call and the fact that um, remote, um, you, you did a hybrid approach before the pandemic. How are you currently orienting your new staff in the program? Um, is it? Oh, no. What are the challenges Sorry, that you're? Yeah. What are the challenges that you're encountering, and you know how are you doing it in the COVID world?
2: So, as you said prior to um, COVID, we had a hybrid program, but our new staff—we were usually only bringing maybe one or two people a year—would um, have their orientation on site and would stay on site fully for a year to get that foundation. And when we started hiring, we were not sure how we were going to, if we were going to do this fully remote, um, bring people on site. Uh, It turned out that both our new hires, or at least our initial new hires, and pretty much the feedback from our hires have been, um, and our preceptors, which is our staff, have been much more comfortable with the idea of coming in on site, and at least the initial part, doing that on site, working side by side. so that has been what we've been doing. It's been working well. There is flexibility there. Um, we generally have them work Monday through Friday. I mean Thursday on site, and and Friday we leave as a day that they can do follow-ups on, with remote supervision and do their reading because you know there's a lot of reading and so forth. So it gives everybody a day of remote. Um, the preceptors a day of remote. Um, so they'll follow up with them in the remote environment. The big and I've left it up to the new hire and the preceptor, if they want to, after the initial part of their orientation, mix in some more remote. And this really involves the comfort level of both preceptor and orientee. Um, are they good with the technology? Are they comfortable either using Teams or Skyping and sharing their screens and going back and forth throughout the, you know, the day? And will they reach out as much as they need to um, to their, to their uh, preceptor? or are they still having challenges? And this will be different depending on where your person comes from. If they've worked in an environment, maybe they're came in case management, they had some remote or um, work for an insurance company and they did some remote and they have a good comfort level with technology, you might be able to mix more. If they're coming straight off the floors and your floor nurses don't use technology that much, um, they might really be uncomfortable and you'll reach, have a lot of barriers getting good education if they're struggling with their technology so it is something to consider if you're going to go put more emphasis on orientating in the remote environment when you're in your interview process you need to ask those questions you know how comfortable are you with technology have you used um, anything to do learning where you're doing shared screens and um, in a remote environment get that information because if you don't have the ability to bring them in You may have people who really, really struggle. Um, I think learning CDI is challenging enough, but if you don't have the technology skills to do it in a remote environment, um, you might be setting yourself up for um, disappointment with that. So um, that's how we're doing it so far, and it's been working out. Um, And then as they get through their orientation, they go to a remote environment, but they are always welcome to come back on site, and they do. They meet their Um, preceptors, even though they're not working day to day, they'll set up some arrangements and come back on site or um, come where they know Emmy is on site. And um, so they can ask those questions. They don't necessarily want to reach out by an email, but they have that easy conversation and they can hear um, some of the discussions that go on and learn from that. So we found that works for us.
1: I I love as an educator that you're recognizing the unique needs of of each of your orientees and the comfort level of the preceptors too. So kudos to you.
0: Yeah. Good stuff, Leanne. Thanks for sharing the process. You know, it does lead me to my next question about the different types of folks that work in CDI. So maybe you could talk a little bit, uh, direct this one over to Emmy about the keys to, to getting a new, either RN or HIM professional up to speed, what, what, what are those the, the, the keys to getting a CDI ready to hit the floor and, and start doing the job? And then maybe also a little bit about uh, someone who's brand new to CDI versus someone who maybe has some CDI experience, but maybe not in the honor health system. Um,
3: All I'll right, well, really the keys to a successful program start by ensuring that all the staff members have the same CDI foundation. As you know, not all CDI programs are the same. There's a lot of variation in various CDI programs throughout the nation. Some just focus on financial impact or prioritization of case reviews, Uh, Many do not do quality reviews and they don't do DRG reconciliation, so you can never even assume that an experienced CDI that you bring into your program is on the same page as your program. So what we've done is kind of developed a roadmap for our CDI orientation process, and it applies to whether you're brand new and never had any CDI experience or if you are coming in with uh, a CDI experience from another program. So, first of all, we have to select competent staff members. Um, We've developed a new hire preceptor and orientation group with an orientation timeline and summary that we give to each of our new hires. This also applies to our preceptors. They have goals, weekly goals, that they work with their preceptor or with their uh, orientee. We've standardized the orientation process, so we continually update our orientation manual. We continually refine our weekly plan, our goals and our checklist for our new hires, and the same with preceptors. In addition, we've developed core CDI competencies such as coding exercises. We do a basic CDI review exam at three months and a year. And then you've got to measure your success and the effectiveness of the program. Are people really comprehending what they're doing and understanding coding guidelines and rules? And I think the most important thing is keep the staff growing and engaged in your orientation process and your uh, overall program
1: as a whole.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Good stuff
0: there, Remy, appreciate it.
1: So I mean we, we talked a little about the technological challenges that you might have with a with a new orientee. What other types of challenges are you are you experiencing um through this orientation process um with your new hires? Is it the didactics, the you know, the subject matter, is it personalities? Um well, what, I are, think, what are what are you the- experiencing? Okay, I
3: think the most challenging aspect for us has been planning on how to orientate all these new hires (laughs) during COVID. And we were all remote. So how are we going to do this? And I think we really struggled and went back and forth. Uh, Personally, if I were starting a new job and coming into CDI, I mean, I don't wanna orientate remote. I want to meet people. I want to be on site. I want to see if I have a desk. Hmm. So we really decided that on site was probably the best just because you need to connect with people. We've interviewed over the phone and video um, platforms. We haven't really met in person. So by the time they first come to us, that first day of reporting, I mean, we're meeting them in person for this first time. So I am really happy that we're on site, that we can connect, that we can get to know the people that we've hired. Luckily, we've had no pushback from management. They've supported that decision. Same with preceptors. They've been flexible on whether they want to be on site or do a hybrid um, with a few remote days as well. And as Leanne mentioned, of course, another challenging aspect has been the technology and the virtual platforms such as the Teams, the Skypes, the WebEx, because like Leanne said, not all of our team members are computer savvy. So you have to really know where uh, your new hires stand. You know, some are really good. They can whip around that computer and they know their way around, but then others are not so good. So we have to ensure number one, that everybody knows how to use our IT tools, especially if they're gonna be working remote. And I think another challenge for us has been our back to back new hires. You know, we've never had this many new hires back to back. So it's tied up uh, uh, our experienced line people as they're precepting, it takes them out of production. And, you know, too many new hires can cause burnout in itself among our preceptors. So we've had to rotate and expand our preceptor group. We've had to share responsibility with others so that we can keep our staff fresh and really engaged not only in our orientation program, but also in our CDI program as we are changing and uh, developing this program and taking it to a higher uh, standard.
0: Hmm.
1: Certainly got a few challenges there.
0: Yep.
3: It has been challenging, but at the same time, it's been very exciting. So uh, new growth is always exciting and we're, you know, we're growing this program. So we've added all these new positions. We've taken on two uh, dedicated CDI physicians uh, as our physician advisors. And so we're in the growing mode, but yet we're excited to see where it all takes us.
0: Yeah, good stuff. I may have to hit you up after the show, Emmy. You can show me how to use the uh, the background uh, filters on on Zoom. I'm still struggling with that one. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the last thing I would say, uh, and this is, this has been great, some real uh, interesting uh, actionable takeaways. But any um any final takeaways for our audience, maybe for the new manager out there who has to bring in someone, uh, orient a new staff member, particular did you guys learn anything or are you learning anything along the way that you might watch out for, um, to avoid? It's always good to, to oh. hear type of lessons.
2: <laughs> so I I think one of the big things that I would always make sure when I'm bringing in, um, new staff is really to have a, an established weekly type of orientation. So everybody gets that same foundation. Everybody knows where they're going and, and what the goals are and so. And again, that takes into effect the different levels of people that you're bringing in. But you want to make sure by the end of their orientation that everybody has a basic same foundation so they 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 understand the mission, the purpose, everything of the CDI program that you currently are in. Um, and the other thing is what sometimes we forget is that those preceptors need an element of uh, goals and guidelines. Yes. Um, what we found not so much on this orientation, because we learned from our old ones, is different preceptors were doing different things they were taking cases they didn't have time for their orientations so we had to make a really clear path for them too during the time that they're acting as a preceptor and the rest of the staff understand that they're really not in the account and it's their responsibility to ask how many cases that they have not for someone to assign them to them Um, again the technology i think if you're going to do a fully remote that technology component has to be part of your interview process and what you're looking for. You need people who are going to be comfortable in that level. Um, communication, make sure that you're getting that feedback from your preceptors, from your new orientees, and refining your plan based on that feedback. You know, there's an enormous amount of effort put into orientating a new CDI. You want to be able to have that person be successful and stay with you. So, it's interesting here at Honor Health, when we hire from the outside at 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and 180 days. I have to reach out to um, employees that are from the outside, not our internal. I'm not sure why they don't do it with our transfers, but i um, have a discussion on, and I have to send this to HR and they include things. Do you have the resources and the tools that you need? Am I communicating with you adequately for you to be successful? Have you established relationships within your department? These all, it's all, it's not focused on how that person is doing. It's focused on: Are we giving that person the tools and the ability to function in that job? And that goes to HR and to um, my manager. So it's really an evaluation on us as the people who are bringing these these new staff in, and how we are doing our job and mm-hmm. how well does this person feel they're sitting in? And one of the questions at the end is: How long do you think you, you see yourself working at Honor Health? And, Luckily, so far, my new staff is all telling me they're going to retire out of here, so I'm going to hold them to that. All right. Retention is
1: important.
0: As long as they don't beat, Retention. as long as they don't beat you to the retiring line, Leanne, then, then you're good.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: All right. So. Well, we appreciate it. Great story here. Uh, You guys have your hands full, but thank you for sharing some some best practice and tips and insight on getting these staff up and running. And we wish you guys the best of luck. Let's um, let's take a quick look at our audience poll. So again, we asked folks, um, how are you orienting new staff, new CDI staff post COVID nineteen? Majority, thirty nine percent, are orienting them remotely. Uh, Thirteen percent. Another 13% on top of that are remote, but will go to the hospital to orient. 16% described the situation as back on site, and they are orienting new staff as before. 27% not sure or not applicable, and, and 6% other. The other, I did take a look at some of those, a lot of hybrid approaches, maybe sending their manager back only to do the orientation, or some of them have, have had consulting companies come in and do some training with new um, staff members um, on a case by case basis. So, any any thoughts here from you, Leanne, or or, or uh, Laurie, or Emmy about the the poll results? Well,
2: I, I think that a lot of them that are um, not sure at this point may not be hiring during this period. So they they're not sure if they're when they bring people back in, how they're going to handle that. Right. Um, it's interesting how many people are doing it remote. So. Um, they would probably figured out all the technology issues and things and so forth that, that make that work.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Alright, well at this point I am going to switch over to our In the News segment. Pulling that up on your screen now. In the News is a regular segment featuring the latest industry updates and news relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. So, since our last show back on June 7th, we've had some major stories breaking from um, an announcement by the nation's largest private insurer, of course, United Healthcare. They had announced that they would begin to review ER visits post-bill and deny those claims potentially if it determined that the patient's needs were not urgent and should have been addressed in a less resource-intensive setting. So, um, looking here, this is Fierce Healthcare doing some reporting here. Uh, they had um, initially, as of July 1, United Healthcare had planned to evaluate ER claims using a number of factors to determine if the visit was truly an emergency. This was according to a provider bulletin on United Healthcare's website. If they found it was a non emergency, the visit will be subject, quote unquote, subject to no coverage or limited coverage. Um, A statement later provided said that the insurer would reimburse for non-emergency care according to the member's benefit plan, but would likely be less, obviously less, if deemed a non-emergency. So that story broke, and since then, that met with some swift condemnation by the likes of the AHA, uh, ASEP, or the American College of Emergency Physicians. And on June 10th, as I'm showing here on the screen, it, it missed this significant backlash uh, United Healthcare decided to delay that new policy, so that won't be taking effect. Um, I do want to say that United Healthcare has said that they would be pausing this decision until the end of the national public health emergency, and and they didn't say they were going to end it. So this may be rearing its head again. Um, it's it this has caused a lot of consternation we know that you know the general public are obviously we're not physicians and when we get things like chest pain we go to the er for treatment so curious what you guys thought of this policy um and do you have any 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 take on that and the the developing story maybe i'll start with leanne and emmy you guys review er claims at, at honor health do you do you have any thoughts about this and and
2: uh we don't Um, but I find it hard to believe that the average layperson can make that decision. Um, it looks like it will be always the, you know, 2020 hindsight kind of thing. Um, I think this is something that some, uh, insurance companies did try in the past and was not successful for that same thing is how would they make that judgment? How, you know, the concern that people would not show up when they were really needed that service because they weren't sure about the payment.
0: Right. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, Lori.
1: Well, I I think what it brings to light, since we're all CDIs on the line, is how important the ED physicians' documentation is going to be, because this will come back. And I I think you know the, phys- the the ED physicians are going to have to be much more um, specific in their documentation about patient presentation. What their concerns were for the patient, why the choices that were made were performed, um, because that's going to be how we're going to fight it, is based on that documentation. So um, I think we need to start thinking about it because United won't be the first, won't be the last one, and this probably will come back.
0: Right. Okay. Well, appreciate that. Let's uh, wrap up here briefly with a short actus update, which is a regular feature, bringing you the latest updates on what's going on inside of Actis. Just a note that we're currently seeking volunteers for our three, for three openings for some boards and committees. <clears throat> These include the Actis Events Committee, which helps put together our conferences and virtual events, our Furthering Education Committee, which helps us with things like uh, CDI Week, and our, I believe, our scholarship program. Yep, these are described here. And also our diversity and inclusion task force, which is a new group we formed last year to help make sure that ACTUS is as inclusive and open a community as we can make it. So to apply for any of these, there is um, a link right here on the ACTUS website. As we always do, I will provide the links to the news item we covered today, as well as our Actus update, in the show notes. But if you do want to get more involved with Actus, we do have these openings, and it's a good time to jump right in and become a part of what we're working on here. All right. Well, that is going to do it for today's edition of the Actus podcast. We'll be back here in two weeks for a regular cadence uh, Wednesday, July 7th, for our next show, which is risk and population health-based CDI. Again, I want to thank GHR RevCycle Workforce for their support of today's show. As a reminder, you can listen to our show, including the recordings, anytime on our website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. We try to make these available within 24 hours, so check us out there. Finally, as always, if you have any suggestions for future guests, ideas about the format of the show, please send me an email at bmurphy at actus.org. I love hearing from our listeners. Well, thanks again, Leanne and Emmy. Really nice job today, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. And for everyone else, we'll see you back here again in two weeks.